When I started this podcast five years ago, I promised to bring you cool conversations with cool people. And this one fits the bill for both. I sat down with Loomis from the Chanted Down podcast and discussed everything megalists to aliens, all the stuff we love here. Loomis is thousands and thousands of hours into the research as well, so we could really take it anywhere. The funny thing about this one was, is we literally spoke for like, I don't know, 36 minutes before I realised I hadn't hit record. But to make it even funnier, we'd just spent before we started the conversation saying how experienced we are, he's been going for nine years, I've been going for five years, and then I didn't hit the record button. So, you know, the universe is interesting like that sometimes. So we only had Loomis for a bit over an hour, and I really appreciate his time. We've got to sit down again soon. He's in Hawaii, so... It's hard to line times up. However, we'll definitely be sitting down again soon. I don't have too much more. This is a wide-ranging conversation. A meeting of megalithic minds. That title has to go to Loomis as well. So, Because I was getting stuck on the title and he sent me that. I'm like, man, that is perfect. And I think that will be the title of our podcasts from here on out. Haven't got much more this week. Varying it up. Got another excellent guest next week. Back into the mental health side of things and... Going to switch up a few different topics. Really appreciate everyone's time. All the new listeners, thank you. Welcome. All the ones that have been there from the start, you guys are awesome. We're on Patreon, unlocking the code. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, unlocking the code. Give us a like, give us a follow. Give us a review on the podcast. It seems to be popping up on different podcast apps in the top 50 in some of them. And I think some more reviews would help with that. Awesome people. So thank you very much if you could do that. That's it. Be kind, be cool, look after yourself, be disciplined, stay safe, and we'll talk soon. Cheers. Can't do much about the government's policies. Can't do much about the heresies. Can't do too much to stop the squeeze on society.
Good everyone. Welcome back. It's my great pleasure to welcome Loomis from the Chanted Down podcast to Unlocking the Code. How are you tonight, mate, for the second time? <laughs> hey, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Mate, so just for the listeners, because we're honest podcasters, we just recorded for like half an hour and had an excellent conversation. Uh, but that was just for us, mate. So we can, we'll start again. So tell us about your podcast, mate. How old are you again? Well, my podcast is is nine years old now, and I've been doing it since 2013. I've been going into all variations of the truth on this planet, trying to find the truth and covering uh, a multi-layered bit of topics and basically an eclectic, a bunch of information put together. And it's been a great ride. I've had lots of great guests on get to new know new people like yourself and in just enjoying the journey along the way and being able to give out information that's been inside me for so long yeah. by 2013 i had to i had to basically i was like let it pregnant let and it had out. to give birth <laughs> yeah. yeah let it out let it out <laughs> it had to come out so that's it that's awesome man that's awesome and look we just delved deep dived into a number of different things uh we'll, we'll do a quick sort of a recap i think we were talking about the technology right and I think we sort of land in the same place. I think we both agree there was some sort of sound energy vibration, some maybe some not mechanical, but something of that nature. Uh, and but we also talked about giants, didn't we, mate? That's what we just we were just talking about giants and, and yeah. the history of giants. So why don't you tell the listeners that how varied that is? I mean, we're talking about the Sumerians and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, so the 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 giants on this planet are in a lot of cultures we're talking about not just the bible but you can go to south america and hear about the varicosha the bearded uh men with orange or reddish hair and flowing Mm -hmm. white robes and you can go into the uh egyptian king's list and and also, I judge by looking at the doorway size of in some of these ancient megalithic yes, sites. Yes, yes. You Who go, they well, make that why door is for? it so yeah. big? Yeah, why yeah. is it a giant, giant door? Yeah. And the Sumerians obviously depicted themselves as huge. Mm. The Sumerian gods were, mm-hmm. you know, like as big as 25 feet tall. And, mm. and in Egypt, you look at the hieroglyphs on and the and the, the pictures on the wall, and you'll see a huge person on, like, say, a canoe with little people rowing it and you go, well, are they trying to make that? And then the ultimate thing for me, I went to the Serapium in, in Saqqara, which is the giant coffins that are so huge that our machines wouldn't even be able to uh, lift the lid and, and put, so what were they for? They said they were for Apis bowls 
And I find that more like bullshit because <laughs> there's no way they would construct this for just these bulls. They, no way. No, this was for something else. And what I noticed in there is that there were these notches on some of the stones. I've also been lucky to travel enough and I've been to Machu Picchu. I see the same little notches there. I've seen the same little notches at Sacsayhuaman in Peru. Yeah, yeah the notches in the stone. In, yeah. Yeah. And I've seen them in Egypt or in the Giza Plateau. And I'm looking at this and I'm going, these are the same builders. There's no way mm. there was just this random coincidence. Mm. I don't believe in too many coincidences. No, no, and no. I think that um, this, they actually did have a universal culture. And as you were pointing out, which was really interesting to me, that the Easter Island statues, uh, they're, they all, the ones that stare at the ocean, mm -hmm. make an exact line with what would have been Australia's Stonehenge. Yeah, exactly. I thought that was pretty interesting too. And not on, not that only, shows that not everything only, was connected. Not only Australia's Stonehenge, but in the middle of the Stonehenge is the Seven Sisters. There's a representation right. of the Pallades, right? You know, yeah. and we, we had a bit in the Pallades versus Orion, you know? I mean, and then like we said with the giants as well. What is Zeus? A tall bearded man. South America, yeah. tall bearded man. Egypt, tall bearded man. Uh, you know, everywhere, the gods are a tall bearded man. And before we denied the feminine, there used to be the tall, long-haired, beautiful woman as well. You know, like that is the depiction of the god and the goddess everywhere, right? Yeah. You know, what if they're just saying, what if they just wrote down and depicted what they saw? Has anyone thought about that? Like they drew it. They saw it, they drew it, or they carved it. You know, like it's it's one of those things. And like I said, uh, I think it's Hugh Newman. It might be Michael Collins. I can't remember. It, but they they decided to investigate in Europe about giants as to what the history was, and basically just to see what was there. And that's what they've been doing for the last two years or something. So it's like there's history of giants across the planet like there's history of this builder culture across the planet that echoes and echoes and echoes you know it does around the around the planet however i can't not ask you about saqqara what was that like i mean what were those were those boxes i mean i've looked at poured over thousands of pictures of that and they look so perfect but i can't imagine what it is like to see them like how perfectly they are on the inside and all that sort of stuff yeah they're just so smooth and 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 flawless and Although it's very dark in there, it's hard to see a lot of them. But, um, you know, I mean, they're so massive. And to think that they were brought into this little tunnel and put into these smaller holes yeah. is just a, a, a genius uh, manufacturing of being able to place these things in these little holes. It's beyond me how they did it. But yeah. that place, so. When you look at Saqqara, you got the famous step pyramid. And mm -hmm. the step pyramid, I think, is the dynastic Egyptians trying to emulate and copy and trying to make their own pyramids. Mm -hmm. So I believe backwards of what they say in modern academia about yeah. that the Egyptians, this is the very first pyramid and they just got better as they went. Well, I think it's the other way around. Well, they not... saw what they had. Yeah. They had small stones, stuff mm. that we could do. Maybe mm. they had mortar. But it's in the... Egypt, in Egypt, the deeper they dig, the better it gets. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. Right. It's not right. like the deeper you dig, it should get worse if that if you're following that. 
mm-hmm. line of thinking. But no, that's not true. In Egypt, the deeper they dig, the better it gets. Now, did I hear you say on Lee's podcast that you went in the second pyramid? Did you? I did, yeah. What I what was in there? What was that like? Please tell us about that. So I had a dream about it. So I knew I was going to Egypt, but I had a dream about it. And uh, I decided that that's the one I want to go. And I could have gone in all three, but, you know, I brought my, my wife along on this journey and I didn't want her to feel, she didn't want to go in any of them because she gets claustrophobia. So I'm like, hmm, okay, I'm going to pick the one that I had a dream about. So I went inside and um, it goes through a long tunnel. And then there's kind of a clearing for a while. Then you go to another long tunnel and there are uh, shafts above your head at certain points, Mm. but then you get into a main shaft and you see a small, um, within the chamber, you see a small sarcophagus, very small. And it's boring. It's like, it doesn't really seem like it even is meant to be in there. And my theory is like many people talk about Graham Hancock, Brian Forrester, these were later Egyptians saying, okay, let's put our king in here because this is such a great place to do it. So even the sarcophagus was a different color of rock than the rest Mm -hmm. of the walls. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting about the um, inside of the pyramids is there's no hieroglyphs and there's no nothing. nothing. And what I'm thinking, and I mean, it's not an original idea, but I'm just going along with it, is that these things were for form and function. They weren't for Absolutely. decoration. This was this was used. Pyramids were used for something. And we yeah. talked about harmonics and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Well, there's harmonics in there. Although yeah. this one had some writing on the wall, and I believe it was Italian or something. Yeah. And I forget what what who it was, but some Italian explorer wrote basically his name on the wall. It's like mm. kind of like graffiti. It's weird mm. in there, but yeah. So that's what it was like in there. Um, but what about a lot of awkward it, spaces? Lot, yeah. Well, two questions about the inside. One, what was the energy like? What did it feel like as far as like? And then the second question would be. Do you feel like humans were supposed to be in there or do you think you're inside some sort of machine or something like that? Yes. Yes, exactly. I feel like I was in some kind of machine Mm. and I feel like it was not really, there wasn't really an energy to it that I could like bring about. Like I is crowded in there. And I, and that's the problem I've had with all these big sites that I've been to too many people crowded and it's hard for me to hone in on the energy of the place when i went to machu picchu it was the same kind of deal it's like oh i really want to take the energy but i can't even bend over without banging into somebody Mm -hmm. so but in there it felt like in the pyramid it did feel like it was for some kind of machine like it Mm -hmm. was maybe water went through these passageways Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's hard to know because there isn't any watermarks that i could see but it certainly has some function rather than just for some feral. And think about this too. And this is something I heard Michael Tessarian talking about is that um, the richest people and the, the Kings and all that always put themselves on a hill. Yes. Why would you put yourself on a plateau, you know? Mm. And so that's why we know that these were not made for the Kings. They were made for something else. Mm. 
Mm. And so which other one did you go in? The Great One? Did you go in the Great Pyramid as well? No, I just went on the outside of it. Just, I okay. wish I would have gone in now. And it's always that way. Yeah, yeah. It's always sh- 20, actually. always 2020. Wish you could have done everything else. I mean, yeah. yeah. What what was the I mean, what about the statues, mate? Did you see some of those statues? I mean, what are they face to face? I mean, that they're, they're giant. And it's one of those things that you can look at a thousand photos and it's till you're standing there and looking up at this stuff. What was that like? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so it, I went to the Colossi of Memnon, which are these two giant statues. I'm sure you've seen them before yeah. in yeah. pictures. And um, there's another reference to giants. So you mm-hmm. have two giants sitting down on these big stone thing. And I'm going to say they're 50 to maybe even 60 foot tall. They're huge. Wow. And next to them are these little people again. So a reference to giants Mm -hmm. and they're disfigured and you, and there are researchers that say a giant cataclysm may have ruined their, the, the stones on them. Mm -hmm. And that I wouldn't have doubt that at all. Or my other thinking is that the gods didn't want to be depicted. So they made them strike their face off of their depiction. Yeah. True. That could happen. Yeah. You know, or it could be, you know, it could be the standard, you know, one person, one people conquered another, and what do you do? You destroy the statues of the the last people because they don't exist anymore. You know what I mean? Something yeah, that's like another, that. That's thing, yeah, totally. And I suppose, what was the what was the lady like? The Sphinx. What was the the, the, the lion? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's always it's smaller than I imagined it to be. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, just as unique. So you can't go in the Sphinx enclosure unless you pay like $5,000. Really? Uh, yeah. So I guess if you weren't as a group, as some people do, some of these people. You could all, you like, could all put in for it. and Yeah, it would be worth it. But yeah. instead, you stand on the outside of it. Um, but I know from videos, well, what I was going to say before that is the Sphinx temple, before you get to the Sphinx, mm. is equally as amazing with huge stones that not something, are not something that you hear much about either like oh there's the no. sphinx temple that leads up to the sphinx that's basically what you hear yeah 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 but i really took my time in there because i'm interested in this stuff mm. and i looked at the posts and the posts were exact like you could put your your they were so lined up that you could put your eye on one side of it and just look and they were completely dead straight dead straight exactly mm. and there were stones that were melted into each other and this is the work of, of some real high technology mm. and mm. also, so, but the Sphinx itself, um, well, looking at it, I was just like, you can see that there was some rework done on it because it's yeah. had scaffolding on it for years. Mm-hmm. I saw on a video though. So if you look, I think it was Brian Forster mm-hmm. who I had on my show not too long ago. There's a hole on the left side of its butt. And yeah. it's a hole in the ground. And yeah. he was able to take the grate off. And another guy went down a ladder and looked inside that hole. And there's shafts and there's, it's obviously hollow. So there's some, the whole thing is hollow. And I think the whole Giza plateau is hollow too. Yeah. So yeah. there is yeah. a lot we don't know, but mm. there's so much to see there. Like the shaft of Osiris. I didn't get to see that because it's another yeah. one of those things you got to spend so much money to do. Yeah. Right. But okay. Egypt is opening up. So that's one thing is it used to be these places you would never be able to get to. Now, if you, at least you have the money, I think mm-hmm. you can actually get some of these. More yeah, it's the, they seem, yeah, they seem to be opening up. They seem to be opening up. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the, I could ask you a thousand questions about Egypt, but what was the what blew your mind the most, and what was unexpected that sort of blew your mind the most when whilst you were over there? Huh. Um, yeah, probably the Saqqara site. Yeah, maybe the Saqqara site over the Giza pyramids, just because I knew already too much about them when I got there. Mm-hmm. The Saqqara, I didn't know as much about, mm-hmm. and just to see some of these areas where it looks like to me so i took a lot of video and i'm actually making a documentary a small documentary on egypt um and there's some sections where it's like a cataclysm may have happened and just destroyed some temple where there's huge stones Mm -hmm. that are just laying like it was blown up or something and uh that kind of blew my mind but another thing that also blew my mind was the temple of karnak i didn't when i went through there uh those pillars are just so massive. Uh, and I think it was a much older temple. And then later the dynastic Egyptians came and did the artwork in there and made it nice. But before that, it was again, for form and function and there's yeah. energy there. And now here we were talking about cataclysm. What's interesting is there's a central avenue there, which would be aligned with north south east and west except mm-hmm. that it's 23 degrees off except that it's, yeah, so, you go. yeah yeah so there we go with mm-hmm. the planet must have been straight up on its axis at one time at one we time, might be yeah. talking about a twelve thousand year old complex that was around before the giant cataclysms the yeah. flood and other things that happened yeah. on this earth i mean that's that there that, 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 well there's another there's a segue into an interesting topic i wanted mm-hmm. to um just when you're talking about uh, ley lines, uh, one of the one of the areas of research that I went into was like sacred geometry, right of the of the planet. And there's like 48 of these different temples. I mean, you're talking Stonehenge's, you're talking, uh, you know, the, the places in Vietnam, Cambodia, like India. They're all on ley lines. It's not like there's one, only one set of megalithic monuments that's on a ley line. Most of them are, right. And sort of what we talked about before we stupidly didn't hit the record button um, was that a good spot's a good spot. So how many of these massive temples that exist now or were rebuilt, you dig down underneath those, like I was talking about with the Clovis site, the deeper they dig at the Clovis site, the more they find. Because a good spot's a good spot, mate, right? And how many, you know how long how far does this knowledge of this sacred geometry go back and i think one of the it seems like all of these specific sites you know the pyramids um angle Wat, you know you got the, the stuff in india like all these places they seem to be missing for want of a better term the the power stones or whatever it is right there's a piece missing from all these sites and you've sort of got to wonder if they're on energy lines the ley lines of the planet if they are all powered up, for want of a better description, what would happen? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, and all the legends talk about that too. This piece is missing, or that piece is missing. You know, like that's what that's what all comes down to us from that stuff as well. That it's not they're not complete. It's like yeah, the the pyramids are machines of some kind, but what powers them? You know what? Where do we go with that? I mean, there's interesting Holy Grail stuff. Uh, not the Holy Grail, the uh, the Ark of the Covenant uh, is an interesting... Oh, uh, yeah. Because, um, I mean, one of the theories we had early on 
And it was one of the ones, you know, you have these theories that you've never heard of. And then later on you see someone's already thought of it. That was purely this one, right? It's like, what if the Ark of the Covenant powered the Great Pyramid? Right? What if that's what sat inside the King's sarcophagus in the Great Pyramid? Right. Because you think about, you know, what is it? Moses stole the Ark and took off across the desert 40 days and 40 nights and all that story, right? Now, if your slaves ran away, would you chase them for 40 days and 40 nights? Probably not, right? You can buy more slaves, okay? But if they stole the thing that powered the Great Pyramid, then maybe that's a different story, you know? And it's interesting. We even tried to look at, because in the Bible, there's rough measurements of the ark, right? And it sort of references across a few different things. And pretty much it could fit inside the King's sarcophagus. Right? I don't know whether there's anything to that's that. That's just, a, that's just because I mean, the ark is a power source. I mean, you know, Steven Spielberg actually did the best. He represented the ark pretty well, as far as traditionally, as far as it is in the text and everything else like that. Um, in Indiana Jones, I know that's a bit weird, but he did. You know what I mean? He was true to the, to the descriptions of what it was. Yeah. Yes, I think so. I think you're right. And I've never really thought about that, but now it kind of makes sense. So when I was in Egypt, one of the things we thought we might do is go hike to the top of Mount Sinai. Mm. But I did research before we left. And then I'm finding out that, that what Egypt claims is Mount Sinai may not be Mount Sinai at all. Really? Yeah. So there's a couple of people that have done research into finding a mountain in Saudi Arabia across the Red Sea mm. where the top of it is burnt and they found tracks underneath the Red Sea that lead, you know, just look like lead right into the ocean. So right. it could have been wagon wheels and stuff, but we oh, don't know. That, have, but, they, have they got cart tracks over there? They got cart, yeah, under, cart ruts. Cart ruts. Because cart that's, ruts, yeah. yeah, because one of the uh, one of the awesome guests I've had on a couple of times now is Laura, and she lives in Malta. She calls herself the Megalith Hunter, and oh, cool. she's been uh, chasing the cart tracks and the cart ruts all over Malta. Malta's fascinating, man. But yeah. what she's finding is she's found cart ruts in Sardinia and Italy. She's found polygonal masonry, more polygonal masonry than I'd ever seen in Italy as well like polygonal masonry that echoes the stuff in South America, right? I mean, another echo of the builder culture, man. It's crazy, some of the stuff that she's found. However, those cart ruts are interesting. They, they're they popping up all over the place. And I wonder if the Red Sea ones are the same. That'd be interesting. I'll have to look into that. Yeah, I have to look into that. Maybe I can find some links to send you. But I, And I'm kind of like rusty on thinking back on it now, but uh, who it was and what they said. But there is mm. YouTube videos on it too. Mm. Think, speaking of cart ruts, I know this is a little other side of the world but in the south pacific there's a small island called malden island so i did a a, a show called mysterious south pacific and I, okay. I have slides that go with it but malden cool. island is this small island uninhabited with a megalithic site on it really? and it has cart ruts that go straight under the water like straight road the water. Yeah, yeah. The water. Yeah. yeah yeah that's in malta and as so, well they just go straight into the water yeah yeah you gotta wonder like what, what was this all about, you know, mm. and how old is this? And the Polynesians certainly did not build these kind of sites. And mm. so nobody lives on Malden Island anymore. It's a bird sanctuary. And they think at max 200 people could have lived there at one time. There's hardly any edible plants. So, you know, how they build this big thing there. And why? And why? 
Is it is it aligned? Do you know if it's aligned astronomically? What winter solstice, summer solstice, all the classic alignments? Do you know? I don't know. I should look yeah. into that. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. I mean that that would then because this is the thing, what other thing that I'm seeing too, Loomis, is that these sites, they're all astronomically aligned. However, yeah. you might be able to date them if we actually knew what happened by the ones that are 23 degrees out, the ones that point to the last North Star, not this, not the current North Star. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's there's different things that we could, because they're all winter solstice, summer solstice, equinoxes, all that sort of stuff. But I find, like you say, some of these stuff is 23 degrees out, right? Yeah. You know, some of this stuff points to the old North Star, right? Not the one that we currently use. So that that then says the last equinox cycle, right? Which is 26,000 years ago or whichever. You know what I mean? Like this is what we can, we can start. Yeah. What I'm seeing, and I think you probably see the same thing, mate. Like after you're in your initial stages with the megalith stuff, it's like, oh, wow, big, massive stones. However, then you start to zoom out and go, okay, what's the mechanism here? Like you say, what was, what is going on, right? And what's the logistics behind what they've done? Why are they aligned like that? Which stars are they actually aligned to, you know? And that could, we could actually start to make a bit of a, a calendar of sorts with the different sites. And then you could probably date that in some way. I don't know. It's just a, that was, that was a train of thought that just came out of the ether right then. However, um, I think you got a point there. Yeah. Because yeah. there's different ones, you know what I mean? Because we've all looked at all the same ones. And, yeah, there's the north, northeast, west, south. There's the, um, you know, all that stuff. We could we could do that if we wanted to. You know, I think there's a there's – a and there's so – Molten. How do you spell that? Molten Island. Uh, Molden. M-A-L-D-E-N, I think. M-A-L-D-E-N. Molden Island. Molden. It's about 1,000 miles south of here, Honolulu. So – Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, it's part of Micronesia. So mm-hmm. actually it wouldn't have been Polynesians that built it, but Micronesia also has another, uh, a couple other islands that are megalithic. Yeah. One of them is, um, it's, it's on the tip of my tongue and I can't think of it, but another one I can think of is Guam itself has yeah. what's called the latte stones. And they're these giant stones that are carved out of the rock. And some of them were unfinished. It's like they, they, something happened and they never yeah, yeah, finished yeah. them. The, this, and that's the other echo, isn't it? There seems to be sites around the planet that people seem to look like they just picked up and left, right? Yeah. Halfway through like, doing something, you know? Like, like you the were unfinished obelisks. Yeah, exactly. Like the unfinished obelisks. It's like, why do they stop? And mm. of course, we were talking about before the recording, cataclysms and how um, there was, uh, uh, you know, woolly mammoths found flash frozen with food yeah. in their mouth. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah something happened here that that really uh destroyed things yeah no this is the site i'm talking about I'm just looking at it. it's called okay. non madal non madal okay and it's on the island of palm pompeii Pomp- oh so, yeah 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 yeah. I mean, yeah and you've got um so i mean even if you come a bit further towards me mate you know in indonesia there's still villages in indonesia that build megalithic heads they make them out of stone right they, uh-huh. they've still got the practice where they use um you know the old chisel and hammer technique along with other things to, to build megalithic in these villages in the jungles of Indonesia. They still do it to this day, right? You've wow. got, um, was it Gurum Padang, right? There's that, uh, there's that site Gurum Padang in Indonesia that I reckon predates everything. Um, oh, and right. Yeah. The Indonesian government doesn't want to play, right? I mean, 
you know, there's there's a list. I think I've got it there somewhere. Uh, there's a list that I have that I, I actually, when I sat down with Lee the other night, I, um, I I rattled it off to him of all the megalithic sites in all the countries. It's like when you say to people, this is a global megalithic culture, they don't understand. This is a global megalithic culture. There is not a single continent culture on the planet that doesn't have some sort of standing stones somewhere on it yeah. or yeah. some, or megaliths or, you know, I know you talked about with Lee the petroglyphs, and I thought about the fact that there's the the 32 symbols that echo around the globe. You know, the spiral and the and the, you know, there's all these symbols that are found in every bit of rock art. Doesn't matter, right? That's actually people need to wind out from that and look at that as like that's a common language, right? Because the symbols pretty much mean the same thing regardless of culture as well. You know, and that's that's going back in cave art forty thousand years to Lascaux. You know, you like what are we talking about here? You know, like it's, there was obviously something, you know, and I think the, the interesting conversation that we had before we turned the mic on uh, was about time, right? How many times yeah. have we risen and fallen? How many species have risen and fallen? You know, like we've got to open it up to that. You know, if we're willing to talk about giants, what else was here? Right. right? You know, hundred and you know 65 million years ago to now you know that's when the dinosaurs disappeared over 65 million years how many times have species risen and fallen on this planet right it's just yeah. our turn it's our turn in the sun and, and, we, and we talk about cataclysms we have no concept loomis about how massive these cataclysms were right I mean, imagine the sea rising 400 feet in two weeks, right? You can't even fathom that. We've got no reference to, to understand that. Um, however, that's theoretically what happened, you know, like, and that would just wipe the slate clean, you know? Then we could talk about Antarctica. I'd like to hear what you think about Antarctica. Oh, yeah. Well, geez, there's so many ways we could go with this. You know, um, before we do, I just one of i was saying before the recording too there is to at least two or three there is actually a bunch of legends on the planet oh, yes, but yes. i can think of two or three that talk about the earth without the moon there mm -hmm. before the moon mm -hmm. and the moon is a very peculiar it's weird. moon it's weird. it is weird yeah and there is the zulu legend of moani and mapaku who supposedly took hollowed out the moon and brought it here and you know, uh, popped a water vapor around the planet. The planet before that so apparently had uh, a temperate climate and there was no um, burning or scorching from the sun yeah. because of this protective canopy around the earth. And they popped it when the moon came into play, which put the earth in a 23 degree axis. Well, you can also go to Kala Sasaya in Bolivia, which is in the Tiwanaku complex, it also talks about the earth without the moon. So you got to wonder if the moon, and they say that's hollow, mm. uh, well, because they it rang like a bell yeah. when they, they, a couple times when they've yeah. thrown, you know, equipment dropped, at it. Yeah, well, they dropped a bomb on it and it rang like a bell. Yeah. 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 A, a fair question is why did they bomb the moon? But that's another question for another day. <laughs> I know. And the moon's such a deep thing to go into because, oh, man. I mean, there's half the people that don't believe it. We even went there and some yeah. people don't believe even in space and well that that's just crazy but uh, yeah, but the thing is is space there there is a lot to say about that but um 
to where we were talking about with resets, um, there are so many different, I believe we live in a populated universe mm -hmm. and the earth, the, our current species, I think has been allowed to be sanitized from the other beings in our world. Mm -hmm. So they can just allow us to develop ourselves and not interfere. Mm -hmm. And so I think the last you know, since maybe a thousand BC, when they say the gods stopped walking the earth, mm. I feel like that these are the years where humans just developed, but we may have been reset quite a few times. And Absolutely. We don't yeah. know. That, that, so, that's what we were talking about. I was like, I think it was Randall Carlson's like 25 resets in the last couple of hundred thousand years or something like that. That were either extinction level or near extinction level events, you know? Yeah. I mean, yep. the, the other line of thought that, that I like to go with that one is if you were, let's pretend for a second that, I mean, where are the Tic Tacs going, Loomis, right? They're always going into the ocean, man. Where are the Tic Tacs going, okay? Oh, yeah. All right? Um, however, if you were an advanced race that maybe has existed on this planet for who knows how long, okay, you would figure out after a while that the surface of this planet is not very stable, right? There's tornadoes and cyclones and earthquakes and volcanoes and all, it all happens. Mm -hmm. So where would you go? You would go underground. You know, then you can start talking about the Hopi. You can start talking about these, the other one of the other constant stories that echoes around the globe: the ant people, the people that live underground. Yep. Uh, that that story echoes through millennia as well in indigenous culture. You know, like where do we, like? There's so many variations. You know, and you know one of the one of the hilarious things about, and I'm sort of a bit of a left turn, but one of the hilarious things about, you know, the whole the whole pandemic was that they let us know that UFOs are real and no one cared. Right. Um, yeah. uh, and uh, you know, where are the Tic Tacs going? What are the Tic Tacs? Right. Um, you know, and, and, and everything else. So if they're real, what else is real? How many of these other things? Right. And where are they going and where are they coming from? Right. And it's, there's so much, so much to unpack there, you know, the, of various cultures and various timelines. And like I said before, you know, uh, my, my, my fellow coder Angus said to me one night, what if everybody's right? It's just a matter of time because there is enough time in 65 million years for everybody's theory to be right. You know, cause I mean, when you said about the moon culture, I'm pretty sure it's in Asia somewhere. There is star charts that observe Venus not being there. Right. Right. Cause Venus is weird too. It spins backwards. It's a, it's a big ball of gas. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and as an aside, through some research I did on Otis Carr, uh, apparently there's CIA documents that say Nikola, Nikola Tesla was from Venus, apparently. Whoa. <laughs> I don't know. I heard that one. Yeah, yeah, it's a weird one. But, but yeah, yeah, when I was looking up Otis Carr, uh, he's an interesting cat as well. Um, but before we spin off to UFO land, because I can feel that happening, um, when we talk about, do you think this builder culture echoed some sort of universal understanding? Because it is present on pretty much every continent. Maybe it's me with rose-colored glasses, but I like to think that, because, I mean, it's not only the builder culture, right? So, again, you zoom out, and it's, and it's more about, you know, you get into the God self stuff, right? Honoring thyself, right? You get into, you know, basically what we're all trying to search for is the echo of this builder culture as far as I see it. 
Um, and I think that's what it is. I think that's what that's, we've got a genetic memory that once upon a time we had something that we no longer have. And it's, you know, it's the God self, it's understanding, it's, it's, it's honoring the elements of the earth and ether, you know, like a lot of, for a lot of us, when we, you know, spirituality is an individual pursuit. However, we all try and end up at the same place, man. And we all end up, those of us who, you know, who, who cross each other's paths, agreeing about the same thing, about the elements, about energy, about vibration, about the stars. Like there's something about that. And the, the place where you see that is in the builder culture. You know, I think that might be a genetic echo of some kind. Yeah. You know, there's, I, I have two different thoughts on that. One of them is that maybe we did have a universal culture and it wasn't what we think it was with these quote unquote gods with a little G. Mm. It may have been, you know, because like you were saying there's room enough in history for many of these things, these scenarios to have occurred. So there's possibility that we have, a universal culture and possibly humans, if humans were homo sapiens sapien, as we know it were around then uh, as maybe our DNA, which is called junk DNA was Mm. activated. Maybe we were in this um, harmonious world that got destroyed by a major cataclysm. But then the other thing I look at is these gods and and civilizers and those that came in and showed humans how to live. Now, civilization doesn't really have a good track record on this planet. When you look no. at, um, you know, what how it's destroyed the planet and how it's um, always had slavery. And well, we're, we're witnessing the fall of another civilization as we speak, mate. Let's be correct. Honest. Yeah, we are. And so, when I look at it like that, if those were the master builders, then. Maybe they weren't so good. And sometimes on my show, I do look at the the nomadic hunter-gatherer cultures as maybe. So why didn't they build these sites? They didn't even need to. Like if you take the culture in Australia, Mm. yeah, they were already there, right? And same with the the San Bushmen of the Kalahari and the the Hadzabe people of Tanzania. These these are some of the oldest cultures on earth. They never had any desire to do anything different in all these thousands and thousands of years. Yet then you had these other builder cultures building these crazy sites. It's like this is two different ways of life on the same planet that may have coexisted even too. Mm. Mm. Oh, look, I totally agree with that. I mean, I think we need to understand that all things exist at once as well. I mean, I had a... I had an interesting thought process about, so just follow me here, okay? So along the lines of what you're saying there. So the builder culture was more spiritual in nature. They could use the technology, but they were, they seemed to be, there's there's not a lot of, from sensing, I think, and this again, could be rose-colored glasses. However, they don't seem to be violent, right? They wouldn't be a builder culture all over the world. There's not a lot of skulls and everything else like that found at these big sites. They seem to be temples. They seem to be revered, okay? Mm-hmm. So let's pretend there was a builder culture and they were spiritual in nature. They could use the technology, all right? Now, as it goes, there's always an opposite, right? So there's a materialistic culture that existed on the planet at the same time as well. Um, you could maybe say Palladians and Orions if you wanted to go that way, right? Yeah. Uh Who's going to survive the cataclysm more? The materialistic culture, 
right? They will build the ships, they'll build the boats, they'll, they'll do whatever it is to survive the cataclysm. So we are part of the survivor culture now, right? That's part of the story, okay? The civilization existed before and then bang, up pops Gobekli Tepe 11,000 years ago and everything's perfect, right? We know yeah. agriculture, we know everything. So the, the knowledge was passed on to us. What if it was the materialistic culture that survived more than anything? That then would explain the destruction and the like the steer away from this previous builder culture, right? They're trying to erase the history that was. Because that's the other thing that I find weird as well. The other echo is anywhere these builder culture is, it just gets ignored. Oh no, we just did that. The Romans did that. They left a 900 ton of stones 10 times and then didn't tell anyone about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, like there is an, an ignorance surrounding the builder culture, even to this day in modern academia, right? Where, the, where it's literally, you could take someone to Baalbek and go, tell me how you lift this. And they go, oh, the Romans did it. Like, it's not true. So there's, there seems to be a targeted uh, something to erase this past that we were all a part of, you know? And I wonder whether that's, that's a bit of a far out idea, but that's just one that I had here one night in the refinery. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, Hey, I like those kind of ideas because we are, all we have is puzzle pieces. We don't have the whole puzzle. Yeah, puzzle, nobody so knows, man. Nobody knows. No. This is the whole point. We know one knows. Okay. Nobody we all knows. need to admit that. Yeah. I would think maybe the Vatican Library might know. Oh, they've um, got some stuff. Oh, how much would you how much stuff. how much would you pay to get in there, mate? Eh? Oh, but then again, I wouldn't be able to read a single word on a piece that's, of paper. But that's true. I thought about that before. I'm like, oh, I'd love to get in there, but then I'd be like, oh, all how these, do I read this scroll? All these pretty books in a language that no one speaks anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> you basically need Jesus to interpret it. Yeah. You know? Well, he was so, the, he was the tall bearded man. He'd probably know. Yeah, he might know. Yeah. So. I mean, there is, I think, where our, our, our true answers lie with the elites who have decided to cover up and sanitize exactly. our past and have us do what we're busy doing every day and yeah. in this rat race. And that's not, to me, an existence. And that's maybe partly what always got me into this information yeah. is I go, okay, what we're doing here isn't that interesting there's something wrong here but look mm -hmm. at all this stuff in the past and that has always intrigued me even before i knew that the planet was run by psychopaths i always <laughs> was interested in ufos and yeah absolutely and, uh, uh, ancient history and cultures well you know that pyramid book i told you about there's an alien yeah. book that went with it <laughs> oh cool yeah there you go that is from 19 93 <laughs> oh yeah it almost looks like a familiar cover that i've seen before yeah i don't know but i had it for i've had it for a very very i bought, I bought yeah the pyramid and the alien book at the same time yeah yeah you know, i do think as well when we talk about because if you follow so one of the other lines of research is the is the masons right because i think that for better or worse they are actually the echo of the builder culture Okay, when you talk sure. about the Temple of Solomon, uh, all those sorts of things. And I've actually got some documentation. My grandfather was a Mason and I've got some of his documents and it's very interesting stuff, man, um, about yeah. the building of the Temple of Solomon. But then you've got to ask, okay, 
So the Masons all have had the control for whatever it is, right? Why do they want to suppress this? I think it's suppression of self, Loomis, right? I think it really is. It's like if you externalize the God self, right, then you'll never be good enough, right? You'll never be happy with the until you get the new car or the new whatever it is. And you, you can't be God. You must worship God. And he, he's broke and he needs your money. Um, and, you know, we we've externalized the fact that we are, it's us, man. We are God, right? You are God. I'm God. We are God. And if you look back, like I said, into that, into that builder culture, that's what the religion was, man. It was about honoring the elements and honoring yourself and, and facing your demons. I mean, these, these initiation processes that they talk about with the builder cultures, I mean, Australia's Stonehenge was that it was a journey from the dark to the light, right? You would spend a night going through this, labyrinth of stone talking to elders and they would put you through different things and i mean and there's stories of 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 like crystals projecting stuff onto stone and all this sort of stuff right a good friend of mine he was the one that found the original documents and he saw he went and saw a crystal that a light shone through that had projected a picture of a landscape on the wall right and that was found in the area of where the stonehenge was um, oh, interesting. It's, you know, we've got no understanding. And I think the answer is probably it'd blow people's mind because we've, the society that we are, we're witnessing fall at the moment has been designed to distract us, right? Um, but I do wonder, Loomis, like I said, like myself, you know, we are kindred spirits, man. Um, like we, we talk for 40 minutes before, well, we talk for 15, then turn them, then supposedly started, and then, you know, <laughs> Uh, but now we're going again, but we're kindred spirits, obviously, right? So is this, you talk about the junk DNA, you talk about genetic echoes, um, you know, were we around, you know, was, is that, do we, because there's a certain type of person that I find that gets obsessed with this stuff. And I wonder whether or not we're remembering, you know, it's like, this is important. Everybody needs, because it's an obsession, isn't it, mate? It's like, we must find out we must try and unlock the code because you're right it's just puzzle pieces man we say here all the time don't listen to us we don't know what we're fucking talking about okay however the people that are obsessed with this stuff it's like there's answers here we know there's answers but it's about where we we haven't got the whole it's like we've got a puzzle with no pictures right and we're trying to put the pieces together you know yeah but we have some pretty good pieces yes and we have some things to go by that cannot be ignored and there's a mountain of evidence that shows us that there is so much more that happened on this planet i mean the pyramids underwater to the japan site that's underwater to the i think i found a pyramid here on this island i'm gonna do a video about it i mean there's i wouldn't be surprised mate i would not be surprised there's a universal culture that existed here there's possibly many different beings that have visited and still do visit this planet. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, you look at the Paraka skulls. And, yes. Um, you know, I mean, that is really weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, and they had red hair too. Yes, totally did. different type of hair yes, than the, the native people of that region. Yeah. And I mean, even, so even I, if you think about how red hair people are treated still to this day, there's something different about them, isn't there? Right. I mean, that's, that's even within humans, that's an interesting thing. Right, you look at it this. It is kind of, yeah, yeah. you know. And why you, is you that? guys call them rangers, right? Yeah, yeah, we call, yeah, the old ranger, mate. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, you're right. 
you're right. I mean, the Paracas skulls, even the head binding. I mean, yeah. pe- people don't understand that it's like there's something like apparently they understand there was like 20 different hominids on this planet at, at one time that they're supposedly found evidence for. A lot of it is built on beds of sand. Like it's very, very thin, like pinky bones and one tooth and a jaw and all this sort of stuff. However, you know, there's multiple types of hominids that have been found, right? It's not just us, right? You know, there's the the, the hobbits in Micronesia. There's the, you know, the, oh, I'm trying to remember. I can't remember it now, but there's multiple ones that have been found. And we need to suspend our, look, I think the, the world that we live in, Loomis, has been basically designed since post-World War II and probably a little bit before, right? The, the, the 20th century, a narrative was carefully cultured and delivered to the people to steer us away from what once was because it's become, like you said, me and you collectively with the research that we've done, we could literally sit here for days and days just delivering what we know. And that could mostly be off the top of our heads. That's not looking into articles and books and all these sorts of stuff that we've, we've come up with. That's how much evidence there is to this stuff that we talk about. You know, and I would not be surprised if you found a pyramid in Hawaii, right? I mean, that would yep. be a, a, a group of islands like that would be an outpost in the ocean exactly like it is today. Um, I've got to ask, though, living in Hawaii, you very, I mean, I see the stars on your roof in the background there. What is the Milky Way like on a, on a good night at the Keck Observatory? I mean, that must be just mind-bending. I mean, I can't, I mean, I've seen it in Outback Australia and it's very, unbelievable but i know that there it's next level well i live in the city so i don't have great visibility here but when i do go to the the more rural parts of the outer islands especially where there's a lot less people the stars are brilliant it's almost like they're twinkling vibrantly at you with so much energy that um, one night I uh, smoked a joint with a friend yeah. and I was on the Nye and I got kind of paranoid, right? And I'm looking at the sky and it was almost too overwhelming for me. The to try and grasp it. it. Yeah. 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 So um, uh, it is amazing to see. And I think it's like this through the South Pacific too, because mm. there's not a lot of light pollution. And, no. you know, when I went to the Cook Islands, uh, I was like, wow, look at the stars. And I was looking the direction of Antarctica because uh, from the Cook Islands, from Rarotonga, straight down, I didn't realize this until I got home and looked at the map, it's a straight shot to Antarctica. There's nothing from there to there. So you're you're just looking at this darkness and the the brilliant stars. So it's fascinating. Now, I've never been to the Keck Observatory. and Well, I have, but I've never looked at the Milky Way, let's say that, and I've never been there at night. Yeah. But um, I would love to. It's just one of those things, you know, it's not on my island, so I got to go there. And then, yeah, right. You're not, on uh, that, you're not on the big island. Yeah, fair enough. No, fair yeah. Enough. And it's cold up there, too. So you got to prepare for that and the mm. elevation sickness. Well, that. the thing is, the thing is, you would see just as much, you know, I think because it's, it's, it's the same thing. You know, I think, as I say, I've been in remote outback Australia where there's nothing for thousands of kilometers, you know, mm-hmm. and, it is quite brilliant. And the one thing that we forget, Loomis, is that 
these ancient people, they recorded the stars because that's what they saw every night, right? The cities that we've created have taken our focus from the heavens, right? Once upon a time, we look to the heavens and there's obviously something observable. Why did, they, why did these people continue to observe the equinox, the cycle, right? Yeah, why did they do that? Yeah. I mean, and you, you would understand as well, mate, that at the moment we are coming to the end of that cycle, right? Yeah. That, that's, that's part of what we're going through is, uh, is the end of that cycle, you know? Definitely. They're, they're, we're at the end or, or the beginning of something new. Um, yeah. And I'm not sure exactly what it is, but you can look into the Kali Yuga. And, uh, yes, that's what I've been talking about lately, the Kali Yuga. Yeah, yeah that's a big one. I mean, there's a lot of ways we can go with that, but it's yeah. we're definitely so. So these these uh, these sites were invested in watching the equinoxes, the mm-hmm. stars from mm-hmm. Stonehenge to Machu Picchu. Mm-hmm. There are two. There's the House of the Sun and the House of the Moon, mm-hmm. or and the House of the Sun. It ho- it has a hole, a window in the megalithic wall where the sun shines exactly at summer solstice right into a rock in there and then yeah. the reverse on the winter solstice and, and it's like solstice, yeah. they they this really meant something you know and yeah and every side is a lot every major side is aligned that way too Lemus. that's always yeah. the winter and the summer solstice right every single site yep and they were keeping watch of the equinox right have you done any work uh, look into pillar 43 at gobekli tepe no, now that's something that I saw something about and I was like, oh, I got to go back and check that out. What's it about? I don't actually know. So I, I'll give you the short version, but if you look back in the catalog, there's Gobekli Tepe Pillar 43, right? I did like, mm-hmm. I don't know, 100 and something hours of research and had 13 pages of notes for one podcast. You know how it is, right? It's like you do an yeah. hour and a half podcast that took 20 hours to, you know, <laughs> three months to figure out. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, listen to the podcast, but I'll give you the short version, right? The short version is pillar 43 is a star map. Okay. That was uh, Sweatman and Sigricus. Okay. Now the star map on pillar 43, now look, there's multiple interpretations, of course. Uh, I've looked at them all. I side with Sweatman and Sigricus, right? That's the, the research makes the most sense. And there's actually quite scientific research behind it as well. So I side with those boys. Uh, but they say that it's a star map. Now, that star map matches four dates. 20,000 years ago, 12,800 years ago, the time of the cataclysm, it actually depicts the time of the cataclysm on the stone. Wow. And gets 6,000 years ago. And the last date, Loomis, is now. Right? Uh... Right? So it's like, and what is the message there? You've got a big, massive star map. I think the message is look to the sky in your times, right? Isn't that, isn't that the sun disk as well, the sun disk calendar? It's the end of a cycle. And, uh, you know, there was an anthropologist, an archaeologist, archaeoastronomer. I think they came up with it's the end of a cycle because, I mean, we were supposed to die in 2012. Remember that? Yeah. Um, uh, but I think since then someone else has looked at it and it's uh, – I'm trying to remember the names. I can't – they're not coming to me. However – it, uh, it's the end of a cycle, 1960 to 2040. And basically the message of the stone is look to the sky in your times. Wow. That makes the hair on my arms stick up. <laughs> yeah. That's what I mean, man. And people don't understand this, right? And, you know, here at Unlocking the Code, Loomis, we say that there's answers in the past within this builder culture that will affect us in the present. 
and shape our future, right? And that's the reason we we do the research here. Like we know right. nothing. We understand that we know nothing. However, it's it's important, as you know, man. You, it's like we said, you know, the, the trials and tribulations of podcasting. You know, uh, over nine years, I imagine there's been a few times when you might want to stop. Same for me, right? However, it's the information, isn't it, mate? It's the knowledge. It's the you have to continue down the rabbit hole. Even if you're not recording, you're still researching, right? Oh, yeah. And then it's like we must continue to delve down this rabbit hole. And the more that we collaborate and the more that we research, I think the closer we get, mate. I think the closer we get. I think well, so. And oh, go ahead. Thanks no, you're right, mate. You go. You go, man. So during the whole pandemic, pandemic, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, the bullshit. Uh, yeah. yeah, right. I sure I focused on it on my show. I did some shows that you know no, I, I definitely. Well. But during that whole time, there's always something in me go focus on the ancient past, focus yeah. on the UFOs, focus yeah. on the that's where it's the, all, the, yeah. all that and that guiding force brought me through the, that time period and i realized that this thing was a distraction from what really is and i did some great shows during that time where i went and said you know fuck, i don't want to talk about the pandemic i want to talk about something totally different today yeah. we're going to cover the secret space program or today we're going to cover uh you know uh, the Anunnaki or something totally yeah. different. Well, and- see, isn't that interesting, mate? I totally agree. I did the same thing, did some COVID stuff, yeah. did the thing. And then I'm like, I actually, it was at the end of that process, I was like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. It, it, it lost the passion. Do you know what brought me back around was Otis Carr, right? Otis Carr was flying UFOs in the fifties, man. He was a protege of Nikola Tesla. Fascinating guy. There's a, there's a three episode series in the back catalog about that where he, he wrote this codex as well. It's all weird stuff. However, that was me going, you know what? And I think it's the same calling. Stop what you're doing. That's not what you're here to do. You're here to look at stuff that no one else looks at and ask questions that no one else asks. So yeah. get back to the research, man. Get back to it. You know, yeah. and I, I've said that to many people about my show. I have to do it. I don't, you know, I'm still an indie podcast, Loomis, but I've got listeners all over the globe. I know I do. And I have done for years. And it kind of freaks me out if I think about that because, you know, this podcast will go out to, you know, however many thousands of people by the time it's done its cycle, you know, and mm-hmm. it's, it's just, it, I still have to do it. it. It's not a question, right? You know, I keep revolving the refinery. I keep researching. It's like, I'm driven. I don't have a choice in this to, to, to not do this research because there's answers to be found, man. You know, there's answers to be found. Yeah. You know, when I think about the events in my life and all the things that have led up to the point which I'm at now, everything has been training for me to do this. And I'm not saying I'm the best professional podcaster. It's not even that. It's not about the ego or anything. It's not about ego, man. All the things in my life prepared me for doing this. This is, you know, even if I'm not making any money off of it, it doesn't matter because it's it's about this information and it's got to come out it's got to be released and that's why i've continued to do it this whole time because Mm. i feel a lot more important than anything else and it's just one of those things that um it's a calling you you yeah there are times i wanted to quit 
or just say, eh, no, I don't know. It's not going anywhere. What am I doing? Yeah. yeah. But, well, waste too much you know, blah, it, blah, blah. Yeah. But then I get feedback from listeners and yes. I'm like told that I woke them up or that mm-hmm. I changed their life. Yes. I'm like, well, Isn't really? That so Isn't I did amazing? that. I didn't Isn't that amazing, think man. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Man. And, you know, I, I didn't even think I was getting anywhere. And then you go, oh, all right. Well, there is a reason I'm doing this. Mm. And so it's, I love that we can influence lives in ways that we have no idea. In Absolutely. fact, I have a big Aussie audience and it be behind America. That's my second largest bit of listeners is in Australia. And I, I, I'm like, you know, mine's the, mine's the opposite. Mine's the opposite, right? My biggest audience is, America. is no, is Australia and then America. Oh, Australia. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. Right. So we've got, we've got the opposite, right? Good. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. And yeah. Look, I, well, I mean, Aussies are like that, man. We, we, we're searchers. You know, we're we're wanderers. Yeah. We're we're, you know, we end up like as I say, I've been on I don't know seven field trips. I think so far. I mean, COVID put stop to a few of them. However, the with everything hopefully opening up, um, continuing to open up, we're we're going to start to plan some more stuff to because we're we're we we basically not look. I'm not going to say that we know no. However, we're pretty sure where there's some standing stones or maybe a stone circle in a few different places that we need to get in there and send the drone up and see if we can find some stuff that no one's ever seen before, man. Right. Um, it's awesome. There's yeah, there's some juicy leads. Let me just put it like that. Okay. Well, mate, listen, I'm very aware of your time and I'm so sorry that I didn't hit record here. We are saying, Oh, we're really good. We've been doing it for nine years and five years and neither of us remembered to hit the record button. Um, so <laughs> it's always fun, but uh uh, well, it's not you, mate. It's my show. I, I didn't do it. I shouldn't include you in that. Um, what would you like? What would you? What would you like? The final topic. Where do you want to go to finish off, mate? Because I think, look, a part two is definitely on the cards, without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, yeah, it's definitely. Um, I can do it very soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's 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 we'll, we'll talk more about that um, offline. However, where do you want to go to finish tonight, mate? Well, I think we should just say that I think that that if more people started to really follow their interests in this, we've been we've been lied to. And it's the the, the thing is is humanity's been lied to on so many yeah, levels. So many. That, it's all and bullshit. Are and it's so much bullshit, honestly. Yeah. yeah. And people are starting to see that. I think the, the pandemic, pandemic was great for those who were aware or had some inkling of some kind of understanding to go, wait a minute, we're being lied to. And it woke a lot of people up. And now they're starting to turn over stones wherever they go. And I think that, yes, it's great to focus on those conspiracies and all that. I mean, there's a place for that, no doubt. But it's more important to focus on our origins, Mm -hmm. our our history because this thing from the past is going to boomerang back around into our present day and i think we are going to see what this world really is made of and not just the world that we've been quarantined off from i hate even using that word sanitized off from right we are we are actually going to see i believe in our lifetime some big revealings that are going to make Everything else that we've been focusing on for so long look like minuscule yeah. nothing. Yeah. I think I think there's a 
you know, it, and we talked about being driven behind this research, you know, and I, and I echo, like, I know there's a few times when I've looked up at the stars, right. And you, you begin to grasp the concept of space and you begin to grasp the concept of the fact that we're on a big blue ball hurtling through infinity. And then you rewind back down into the research and realize that every single one of these sites is astronomically aligned, right? The message is echoed across every continent, across every culture over and over and over again. They would not have put this stuff in stone if it wasn't important, right? Correct. And I believe, I, 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 I'm with you, man. It's, and lately I've been like, you know what? I think, you know, through my own research, through connecting with guys like yourself and following all the people that I follow and watching their research, we're getting closer, man. We are getting closer to a more concrete picture of what was, Right. And I think you're right. I think, look, there is darkness ahead because we have been lied to. And there's going to be a rebound effect of that when the, when the masses figure it out, okay? Yeah. However, once that's done, there is, there is light. There is the, the, the reimagining, the, the, the rebirth of what it is to be human. Because, man, 99% of people are cool, Lemus, you know? We didn't meet each other till tonight, right? Now we're going to be talking. We've just started a conversation that's never going to end. You realize that, don't you? <laughs> right, I do. Yeah. Right. So, ninety-nine percent of people are cool, and they just want to be happy. They just want to be healthy. They want to look after their families, and they want to. They want to have purpose. They want to understand what's greater than themselves. Well, I think number one, the greatest thing we are is ourselves, and we've been steered away from that consciously right however outside of that we are part of a galactic neighborhood that we can't even begin to comprehend and we have uh, uh, abilities that this planet has abilities that we have and once had that we can't even imagine and i think this research as i say is trying to unlock that code man it really is it is and every time I get together with people like you, we start sharing puzzle pieces and I feel like a bigger picture starts to come. It through. does. That's what I mean. That's what I'm saying. There's a, there's yeah. a picture emerging, right? Yeah. Right. You've, you, I know I've given you pieces tonight. You've given me pieces tonight. We're going to go away and go, Oh, this one, this one, this one. Okay. That joins with that. That joins with that. Mm-hmm. And we've, we're building the same picture, but we're adding, because each of us has a different perspective. We all have gifts. We all look at things in a little bit of different perspective. And the more that we can connect, what we, the, one of the ideas um, that we had at the start of the podcast, Loomis, was uh, gathering. So imagine your perspectives are like a disco mirror ball, okay? And your job in your life, you've got an empty ball to start with, right? Mm-hmm. Your job in your existence is to collect as many mirror tiles as you can, Okay. And once you can fill that entire disco ball of perspectives, you will then have understanding because you've actually looked at things from every perspective that there is. And it's just about collecting tiles on the mirror ball, man. That's what it's about. And we help each other with our tiles and then everybody does that. And then as you say, we're getting closer. I feel that as well. Right. And then it's just going to click and we're going to understand. 
you know? Hey, and I think we're preparing ourselves for, like I said, this big revealing mm-hmm. that when it happens, at least we are going to be able to be the buffer for other people Absolutely, that are yeah. freaking out. We're yeah. going to be that buffer. Like, Hey, no, it's okay. It's cool. Let me it's just cool. sit down and talk with you about this. Yeah. And yes, I've been thinking about this for a long time and we, we can get you calmed down yeah. and caught up on whatever you need to be caught up on. Yeah. Just chill yeah. out, man. It's okay. Listen, he's, he's, 370 episodes of chant it down and unlocking the code start there all right <laughs> take some time listen to episode this one this one this one and this one come to me we'll have a chat about it it's all good right we, we, we are we're okay you're just waking up to what is actually really going on um yeah <laughs> well i don't have any other way to end it apart from that mate hey listen man that was really cool that's uh, cool it was good, man. And I can't wait to sit down again. Um, yeah. And, and look, we'll give me all your links and, and we'll, we'll cross promote and do whatever, whatever I can do to help you, whatever, you, you know, I think let's, let's help each other, man. That's what this thing's all about, you know? Um, and uh, good luck with your 200th, right? I'm, I'm going to have to, I'm, I'm going to have to, I've got a couple of yours downloaded. Where do we find you? Where do we find Chanted Down? Any podcast player you can yeah. find me on. Um, and it's all audio. I don't do, Okay, I did two first live streams in the last two weeks. Yep. Uh, so if you want to go to YouTube, well, I have the channel anyway. I got one strike. Um, I did a new YouTube channel last year. And so it's called Truth Filled Trajectory. Sure. And that's where you can find uh, a presentation I call The System Tentacles and my origin story uh, I, I did a live stream of. But okay. my bulk of my material is in the in the audio podcasts nice. podcasts to me are audio more than video because that's the yeah, thing i'd like to I agree. like to listen to while i'm cleaning the house or yeah. driving around so i personally don't have time to watch videos but no no if anyone yeah. wants to i have a channel and a show called truthful trajectory i from time to time i do it's me driving around in my car with a, a dash cam and talking but you know i do a lot of stuff and uh mm-hmm. then also i've been on a lot of podcasts of late and it's been great to meet people like yourself and mm-hmm. just uh, expand and network and realize yeah. that I'm not a loner out there. Absolutely, and man. That's so, the good thing, eh? Yeah, we got, yeah. We, got, we got some souls out there who, we got, who are with we us. We got so. people out there. Like, <laughs> oh, we got our tribe. Yeah, we do have and a tribe, man. It's awesome. I'm not very good with social networking as far mm-hmm. as like I've never really put my focus in on it. But yeah. if anyone wants to follow me on Chan It Down on Instagram, that's my Instagram. I have a Telegram channel. I just started a few weeks ago. Yeah, I have seven followers. Well. Yeah. So I'm barely on there, but I'm mm-hmm. just starting. But that's pretty much how you get a hold of me and the work mm-hmm. that I do. And um, I really want to thank you for having me on the show. It's yeah, been man. a pleasure Absolutely. to, to uh, share this information back and forth. It's mm-hmm. it's just uh, it's like a great conversation. And yeah. It feels good. Absolutely, man. As I say, we just started a conversation that's never going to end, Loomis. So right. on that note, mate, let's, uh, until part two, please look after yourself out there, man. Stay safe and uh, we'll talk soon, eh? All right. Thanks, man. Cheers. Cheers. Just want to go again? Let's do it. Yeah. Go again. All right. I know you been here before no surprises settle the score I know the darkness 
is through I know you I know you Wow! Yeah.